she's great, and uh, she has my face tatted on her, and uh, and she just said like you know it got her out of some dark places and this and that, that you know. And fans do have my logo tatted, my name tatted, my signature tatted, and I'm like, you know, like mm-hmm. it has to mean something. Dude, yeah. I, that's, it's, it's, that's, it's shout so, out to Bella and the Broken People. Bella, yeah. you're amazing. Bro. That should be one of our goals to have like someone tattoo live fast, eat ass on them. You oh, know? yeah. Well, I will <laughs> do that tomorrow. Damn. Because I do live fast and I do. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm Mario. And I'm Peter. And we're Guys, guys That, that listen. listen. On today's episode, we got the man that you call when you're in a dark place and you can't afford <laughs> therapy. <laughs> Yo. Let's go. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Creator of the Broken People, oh my Mr. Goodness. Gremlin. Yes, sir. Yo. Thank you for having me, man. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I was listening to some of your songs and I'm like, damn, dude, if I couldn't afford therapy, I would be listening to this shit like... <laughs> Wait, you can afford therapy? Bro? <laughs> yeah, I can afford therapy. No, some of that stuff was really good. Oh, and I was like, thank damn. You, man. Yeah. Like a part of me is like, um, parts here and there it hit. And I'm like, I remember when I was like younger and like going through it, I'm like, yo, I would really vibe with this even more. Like... If you, you know? were, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. I get you. Yep. Yeah, man, I like making sad, sad music. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't really... That's like all I ever make is literally sad music. Wow. You know? But it does so well. It does. You know? yeah. So it's like, uh, why make happy music? Yeah. No, people <laughs> at, love at to point, feel, you know? dude. Yeah. It's true. They do. Was was that always your thing? Like before, like the whole internet thing prior was um, always sad music? Yeah, I think so. I was oh, like wow. uh, rapping about relationships and breakups and stuff. Oh, okay. And, uh, and then eventually got into like some other topics and stuff. But uh, relationships is my number one that I usually go to. And just sad, any sad topics, depression, all, oh, all that okay. good stuff. Nice, wow. Yeah, this is the perfect really guest. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Literally what we talk guys about. That listen, you guys, <laughs> Actually, yeah. this is an audition for the third host. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> but uh, tell us about yourself, like a little bit of the background that you have. Okay, grew up in Santa Ana. Nice. Uh, started rapping around eleven. Oh, oh where, okay. what part of Santa? What high school did you go to? I went to Costa Mesa High, so okay. so, so we kind of lied. Oh, <laughs> damn! Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of a liar. <laughs> your parents like they don't they don't want you going to school here. They're like, let's get him yeah. to the let's get him to the white district. Essentially, exactly. <laughs> so, so the whitest fucking place in Orange County. Mm-hmm. I, I that's where I went to school at, uh, and it, it it wasn't bad. Were you the only rapper at your school? No, I think there were some kids who wanted to rap battle me, and like, oh wow. Uh, like only like two times yeah. and we none of us were good so like I didn't give a fuck <laughs> it was like yo we both suck right now so it is what it is but I bet they're not doing what I'm doing right now so it's yeah. like oh, nice <laughs> so um, you grew up in Santa Ana here like um, you started rapping I read a little bit that it was like you inspired by your brother too yeah so you know how like the younger brother usually just like follows the big yeah. brother's footsteps so mm. he started writing because of uh eminem's eight mile yeah. oh okay <laughs> that's what everyone yes, started yeah, yes. fucking eminem's eight mile and then uh you know i just wanted to be like him i guess so i started writing and uh and i, and I just stuck with it he still raps sometimes mm. but it's it's um it's only when i push him to do it because i i think he's good um he can work on some stuff, obviously, but um, he always looks up to me now because, like, damn, you're doing what I wanted to do, you know? Mm, so that's awesome. I kind of do awesome. it for, for him a little bit, too. It's like, yo, this is possible, bro. We could we could make a living doing what we love, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, oh, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So yeah, great. Dude, that's a great story. Yeah. Do you ever feature, in a, uh, feature him on songs? There was a time, because he's in, a, in and out of jail all the time, yeah. right? Mm. Um, so when he came out, we wrote... 
I wanted him to write something, right? So yeah. I helped him write a verse uh, in one day, which is a lot for him because mm-hmm. he usually takes a month to write. Yeah. And so do I. If I'm, I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> but uh, we wrote his in probably like eight hours, nine hours. And it was about like our or us growing up and stuff. So we performed it the next day for my mom in the car and we got her reaction and like she was bawling. She loved Aww. it. Wow. But I tried to get him to lay it on a track and it just wasn't, it just wasn't hitting. Yeah, You know, like there was too many things that I'm too picky about that I'm like, ah, fuck, I love you, bro, but no. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. And like, it was supposed to be on the album I dropped in October, but like, I wanted to him to redo it, but he was in jail. So I was like, okay, bro, I'm not, I'm not going to drop it because I'm not happy with the verse you laid down. Yeah, Yeah. You know, but I think, I, I think there's something there. But, you know, he just doesn't stick Maybe with now it, it's just not the right time. Yeah. You know, that does happen a lot in life, you know. And I'm, I'm sure he probably feels that a lot because going in and out of jail, yeah. he's always trying to figure out the right time, right? And losing track of time in life, I'm sure that's like a, a big deal. Yeah, essentially. Um, but, yeah, maybe this time. He's supposed to come out in May, so I'm, I'm going to have him <laughs> lay down a, a track this time and, and hopefully it comes out good. What's the name of the song? <laughs> It's on. It's untitled right oh, now. Okay. Yeah, we uh, never came up with a title for it because we never finished it. Um, but I have his verse um, laid down. I just, I didn't really, mm. I didn't like the way he did it. If you don't mind me asking, I know you, um, you know, you've had a trauma, traumatic or troubled past and stuff growing up and everything. Traumatic, you know, a little bit. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't too bad. What did, yeah. what, what is, what did he go to jail for? Uh, so he's been in in and out mainly for drugs. Yeah, mm. for drugs. Um, there's like numerous other things uh, that I won't mention on here, but mm-hmm. the main thing was is is drugs. That that's mm. that's the main thing. Paraphernalia. Do you find that your music helps him? Like I know your music helps a lot of people. I don't think the content does. I yeah. think uh, more so seeing what his little brother's doing yeah. is mm. more so motivating him rather than the actual uh, content. Because like. He trips out on the smallest shit. It's like, bro, you have your own apartment? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, bro, like, I'm just doing things normal people do, you yeah. know? So um, why didn't you fall into that? You know, like, I know you, you mentioned a little bit in some of your songs and everything, how, like, your brother and your mom and stuff, like, what what made you the exception to reach this success? I mean, I like drinking. I know. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm out of it completely, but um, that hard, right? <laughs> I'm supposed to be sober right now, and here I am having a fucking... Goddamn, it's already full, motherfucker, goddamn! <laughs> but I won't say no. So, uh, why I didn't get into the harder stuff, um, mainly because I, I just seen my family go down a crazy path of, like, hard drugs. Yeah. Alcohol, too, but I can stop, and I do stop for, like, a couple months at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, I just started a little bit because it was my birthday, like, last week. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm going to loosen up a little bit, but I, I wasn't drinking for, like... A few months and stuff. Nice. Um, but yeah, I just want to make sure that I don't go down the same path that my family has. And I want to set uh, an example for future children, future cousins, and, you know, a, a future generation of my family. And show them they don't always have to go that route. Because I would you assume know? you're sort of a role model now, you know? You're someone who has, you know, arguably become successful, you know, right. and you... Have your own apartment. Exactly, my own apartment. That's great. great. Yeah, man. You know, I have uh, cousins texting me here and here, you know, uh, here and there, saying, you know, we're so proud of you and stuff. And uh, hopefully, it inspires them a little bit, you know, because like it's not easy to make money in this space. Mm -hmm. But so when you do, it is, it's, it's, 
it, it's it's nice, I guess, you know. I can see it. it like, the nice. way you're smiling, talking about it, or, like, you can make money doing the things you love. Like, right. being a creative, like, not everybody gets to do that. Yeah. Right. You know, exactly. it's, I feel like it's a very hard game to be in, putting, like, your creativity out there. That's, like, you know, the stuff that's, like, you're writing from your soul. And those people don't always vibe with it or resonate with it. Right. Which sucks. But if they do and you're making money off of it, like... Mm -hmm. Oh, it's crazy, bro. It's such a phenomenal feeling. For for anybody who's doing, like, anything artistically podcast, like, once this thing takes off and you guys aren't making a shit zone, I'm sure it's, like, humble beginnings. Send us money, (laughs) y'all. Send uh, Mario Venmo. He needs money for dates. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, it's just a nice feeling, for sure. Um, So I kind of want to ask you this. You said that you started rapping at 11. Uh, yeah. Okay, at 11. And the reason why I kind of want to give some context, and, you know, again, it, it doesn't matter too much, but, you know, it, it takes a while. It's like a journey. You know what I mean? And I think, I've because I've seen your videos, like, before I even heard of you. You mm-hmm. know, I just saw it passing through social media. And I was like, oh, that's cool what he's doing. I can see it taking off, you know? And I don't, I think that might have been, like, a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where you were at your career at that point. But I was like, okay, I'm sure he has gone through a lot of different roads to get to this you right. know what i mean it wasn't like okay because you know, from what i know you're a lot of your success is uh from that content you're making through driving and rapping to people right? right and so i don't know if you had little stints of success prior to that it's definitely been a journey um mm-hmm. I, I started making a full-time job out of it i think around 2018 2019 okay um that's when money was coming in though yeah but like success other people word it different ways. Exactly. But like, for example, I've had a, maybe like, by 2019, I had a lot of viral videos, which okay. people may say is success. I don't, you know, like I, I, I don't see it as that. But in, in, around that time, 2019 is when the Uber rapping thing started to take off. Mm-hmm. And then I started making money on YouTube and then it translated over to Facebook and then to Spotify and then to clothing line and then to everything. But mm-hmm. that was because the, the cards were played right, you know, yeah. because then, because usually people would just focus on one platform, but I'm like, I could take this everywhere and then mm-hmm. build like a brand around this whole thing. Yeah. And uh, it just worked and evolved. And uh, now the broken people community is, it seems strong as fuck, yeah. you know? And, and it seems like people are loving the uh, content, the the movement. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's extremely nice to see. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Years of hard work payoff hmm. so i just want to ask you because like um you know i work with a lot of creatives creative myself and what it sounds like to me is like you've built a business you know what i mean like you're going mm-hmm. from like doing content to building merch knowing that you could monetize on multiple platforms right that's not something a lot of creatives understand not something that they focus on because you know focus on your craft right focus on your artistry right was there a certain person that kind of helped you out with that? Or is that something that you kind of always that's, knew in your That's funny that you say that. But yeah, so my, Rocky knows. Uh, Rocky I have, knows uh, <laughs> I have a, a mentor. His name's OP. And uh, he's my uncle now. Oh. So he married my aunt. Um, but without him, I would definitely not be doing this. Oh, for wow. sure. Oh. Like it, it definitely takes someone to unlock your mind to the possibilities, you know, because it's like... Um, I was like, no, this is impossible type of thing. So, like, the threshold was here. And yeah. he just sort of, like, like, dude, fucking just shut the fuck up. You're capable of so much more. Wow. So, I, I, and I, and my dad wasn't like that. So, I think I looked to him as a father figure slash mentor type thing. And he just took it to a whole nother level. So, if it wasn't for him, 
for sure I would not be doing what I love. There's a, a wow. thousand percent I would not be. Shout out to OP. Yeah. Yes, OP's yeah. the man. OP's yeah. the man for what, sure. What did he do exactly to like show you the um, way? Um so I was working at a movie theater, Metropoint movie theater. Did you uh-huh. Metropoint? I worked at Metropoint from 16 to like 24, I think, hmm. for like a long time. Damn, now I think I've seen you there. <laughs> I was the door guy, bro. I might have told you to fucking go on your right-hand side to the left and yeah. shit, you know. Uh, but I worked there. Then I told him I wanted to work for him because he had his own business. He was an entrepreneur, so I wanted to work for him. So he said, okay, mm. uh, as long as you learn how to video edit and do some social media stuff. So I drove him around for years, you know, picking his brain, seeing how he talks to his employees, seeing how he what podcast he listens to, what, oh, wow. what what he does, right? In the way he talks to people, the way he carries himself. And I picked up on all that, like, extremely fast because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to waste my time with this guy because he's yeah. a really dope person and he's a fucking millionaire. So, like, yeah. I want to learn from him as fast mm-hmm. as possible. So, and he sent me to a Tony Robbins seminar twice, which Whoa. is, like, one was $1,500. The other one was $4,000, in Florida, and I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna. He he really believes wow. in what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. So I uh, took advantage of all that stuff. Um, not advantage, but like I took, yeah, like yeah. you know, I wanted to help him while helping me as well. Yeah. Um, and he just fucking just unlocked a part of my brain that I didn't even know was possible. That's awesome. You know, uh, and that's very rare to happen. You know, yeah. to have someone care that much to 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 believe in you that much to do that. So I hope to. One day do that for someone. Yeah. Damn. Or some shit. I mean, That's he was crazy, trying bro. to get at your aunt, so I guess. <laughs> he, has to do it, right? <laughs> he was married already. Oh, right? He was married. Oh. He was married already. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find a fucking taking your nephew, yeah. goddamn it. <laughs> How did you meet him? He was a family friend. Oh, okay. Mm. okay. Uh, and then uh, my aunt started dating him and whatnot, and then eventually he just like, they married, and then I just got to know him a little bit more. And now, now, now he's like, are really good friends. We're going to Cancun next week together. Oh, wow, you know, that's awesome. him and my aunt and then me and my girlfriend and I'm taking my grandma for the first time. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that. But yeah, um, definitely get a mentor for sure. That's 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 number one, I think. Sure. I think wow. it takes a special kind of person too to be willing to like, you know, I'm going to go drive you around and learn. Were you getting paid at all? Yeah, but like but fucking about, nothing. Yeah. Like very, very little. And it's, some days, no, I didn't. Because the app didn't work. Exactly. Where it's like, <laughs> You you have to know like, hey, I want something bigger. I want something more, and I'm willing to learn from this person right. who like I envision as someone who's like got it, you know, got it, they know their shit. Yeah, there's something that I want similar to their lifestyle, and I'm willing to work under them for like you know pennies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, bro. I, I I think it definitely takes shadowing somebody. Like if you're like if you're in real estate or want to break into real estate, fucking go work for somebody for free and say like, yo, I'll do this for you X Y Z. Let mm-hmm. me just shadow you for a little bit and. Whatever, and then eventually you guys build a relationship. That's literally what I've been yeah. doing. Yeah. Dude, if, like, <laughs> that's, that's the only that's way to do it, bro. That's, really, yeah. it is. That's <laughs> it. Like, because then a mentor can like take like crunch time for you. What would normally take you ten years, they crunch into maybe two. Sometimes you know? it's like you have to get over that barrier of like, ooh, can I ask this person? Or like, there's like this like sometimes shyness for sure. or like uncomfortableness where it's like sometimes oh. you go to sometimes. Oh no, not for me. No, I mean, I'm not saying for you. I'm just saying so, in general. In general, yeah, real yeah. estate. <laughs> oh, so, real? oh, oh no, it's okay. actually exactly exactly what you said. So oh, uh, sure, I run okay. a commercial cleaning company. I do this, and I'm a real estate investor. But there's people in my industry where I'm like, damn, dude, they're really fucking smart. Like they really like know what's going on in the market. Yeah. They're like know so much and how to identify deals and underwrite and do this. So uh, two weeks ago, I hit one of these people up and I was like, "Hey, um, 
can I pick your brain? Can we go get lunch? So I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll get lunch and everything. I paid for their lunch. And I got to talk to him for like 45 minutes and just like really understand more, got some context. He's like, yeah, I'll invite you to some of our events stuff so you can like meet more people in the industry and like kind of like be more immersed in like the knowledge. And I was like, damn, all I had to do was ask. It, yeah. All I had to do That's was it. ask. You'd be surprised how many people will say yes to you if you just ask. Oh yeah, you know, sure. I, I, I think more people are good people and be like, they're not as greedy about keeping secrets. It's more like, yeah, like, let me show you 30 minutes of my mm -hmm. time here, you know, whatever. Like, let me let me give you a little bit of knowledge because I was at your point. I was at where you were once yeah. too. So it also boosts mm. their ego a little bit too yeah, does, because yeah, yeah, they're yeah, like, you know, a young guy thinks I'm successful and I want to show him what I know type mm. of thing. So like, it, it works for both parties. Oh yeah, mm, I've had people sure. ask me too, like, hey, can you help me with like my finances? Like, oh, can you help me with like, I don't know if I'm like saving my money right. I don't know what I'm supposed to do because financial like literacy is very like not, yeah. yeah, not a lot of people know it. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, and it does boost my ego. I'm like, yeah, yeah, with coffee, <laughs> like I'll help you out here. I'll show you this and that, you know, just like the basics and stuff. And I'm surprised like, damn, so many people don't know that much. And I'm like, oh, I feel good. Like, I help exactly, someone, you know? Bro. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Absolutely. there's the opposite side too because I know when I was like pursuing photography starting off, I asked a couple of my friends who were successful and they like would just ghost me, you know? And, and then they would, yeah, and then they would ask me about other shit, you know? Because during that time I was running like an event company. So they'd be like, oh, can you get us some DJs? Can you get us some lighting stuff? Can you uh, hook us up with the venue? Whatever's. But totally ignore what I had originally asked about photography, you know? And it's crazy because to me, what it did for me was that I switched the way I thought. Maybe I thought like that prior, but I really emphasized on it. I'm not going to be a gatekeeper of this, you know? There is more than enough room to eat for everyone. Oh, yeah. So I love to fucking share it. Like, mm -hmm. that's why I'm so transparent because I don't like to hold anything back. Like, I, I could just imagine, like, contributing to someone else's success in that way you know and right. i think that's super tight and some people have hit me up through the years i'm like oh yeah maybe you could do this maybe you can negotiate because that's one thing i did have like coming up as a photographer is that i was able to negotiate right and that's not something a lot of these photographers were really good at they were basically going for like a race to the bottom you know like who's the the cheaper photographer that's what they constantly do you know like oh yeah let me just price myself less so i could get a gig yeah correct yeah, yeah. and i was like honestly my prices are a lot higher and it doesn't match the skill set of some of the people that's out there, to be honest. And that's just me being a good business person, you know? And I think I let them know at the very beginning, like, hey, to survive, you can't just be, you know, getting fucking like minimum wage gigs, you know what I mean? Like, you got to fucking really strive for more and it provides value to them. They understand now, oh shit, instead of charging a hundred bucks, I can charge a thousand. Yeah. And that changes their mentality and it's just like how you were saying, like, you thought, oh, this was possible, you know? And when they booked their first like thousand dollar gig versus like a hundred dollar gig, they're like, Holy fuck, people are Man. willing to pay that much? That's tight, bro. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, that's why I'm kind of curious when you said you thought only oh, this was possible. Where was your mindset at that time? I guess uh, I only knew what I saw. Like my mm -hmm. dad wasn't making a lot of money. My mom wasn't either. Mm -hmm. uh, no one in my family was really. They were fucking, they just, they just weren't, yeah. you know. But I knew I wanted more. So I'm like, okay, this is the only successful person I freaking know. So let me go see what he can do, Damn. you know. And um, there, there's a metaphor um, that Tony Robbins uses and that Opie uses a lot. It's like the the human mind is kind of like, like a thermostat, right? So it's like <laughs> the higher you go, like if you get to like 76 or 75, you're like, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm getting successful. I'm getting successful. You get to 80 and you're like, wait, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. Like I'm supposed no. to be like a little bit lower. And then you start working at a lower level. So then you drop back down to like 65 and then it's sort of like this whole play thing, but it's like you're supposed to fucking shoot through that so fucking the, thing. The metaphor I'd give for identity is like it's your comfort zone. 
It's not your goals. So if you, like, if you took a temperature in the room and it said 68 degrees is my comfort zone, physically, emotionally, financially, I want more in my relationship. I want more physically, energy-wise. I want more financially in my career. But this is what I'm used to. And so what happens? People stay in their comfort zone for the most part. And then let's say something happens and you dip. You're a 68 degree or that's your mentality. And you drop down to 62, 61, 60, somewhere around 60 or 59. The heaters kick on and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're a 68 degree. What the hell are you doing? We've all experienced that. All of a sudden you go, I'm not going to live like this anymore. I'm not going to be in this relationship. I'm not going to be fat like this. Boom. And you get this drive and you start to change. But what most people don't understand is it happens on the upper end too. Meaning, let's say you got momentum, you start crushing it, you start doing even better than you think. You go from 68 to 70, 88, you're at 98 degrees, financially, emotionally, spiritually, whatever the metaphor is. And then what happens? You're going to say, hey, 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 your brain goes, who the hell do you think you are? You're not a 98 degree here, right? Get back to 68. And if nothing else, the heaters stop, you lose your drive, and that'll drift you back. And not enough, the air conditioning can kick on, and you start to kind of sabotage yourself till you get back to your comfort zone. Which is, it's hard. I mean, we're all fucking humans, but, you know, that's, that's, I'm not even sure if I said that metaphor right, but it made sense in my head. <laughs> yeah, it made sense to me, too, because I do see people like that, you know? And it's yeah. weird because I, I find myself in that position a lot. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. It almost feels like self-sabotaging for me. Yeah, self-sabotaging. You know what I mean? Like, I see, like, a sure. level of success, and I'm like, it's scary, man. Yeah, like, like, what if I outgrow people? You know, what if I act different? What if I change my personality? And and that, sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I'll just be more humble. And it's weird because the thing that's kind of, like, driving me is my confidence a lot of times. And that kind of mm. pushes me down because I'm like, you know, maybe I'm not that big. You know, maybe I can't do that much. And it... You know, in a way, a case of imposter syndrome kind of sets in imposter and becomes a little, yeah. little difficult, you know, because yeah. even with this podcast, I I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, That's how it starts, yeah, though. Yeah, but, yeah. Wait, 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 but, but you keep going regardless if it works or not. But yeah, it, yeah. It's good. Exactly. It's good. So, like, for me, what kind of got me past the idea of imposter syndrome is, and I'm not quite past it, but what keeps me fighting for the process is the fact that I enjoy it. You know, I can imagine where, like, you don't like it and you're kind of, like, faking it. And you don't enjoy it at the same time, you're probably gonna stop, you know? Yeah. So I think finding something that I really enjoyed and I don't care if I fucking make it, like allows me to continue. And I'm sure because you've been doing music since 11, that the reason why you never gave up on it is because you actually enjoyed it, right? right? That's that's what got you past. Like, I don't know if you have the same doubts as I had, where I'm like, maybe I'm not enough, maybe I'm not able to make it, you know? Maybe I can't stack up to what people expect. I know I lived through that and, you know, because now I just care more about like what I enjoy and what people think I can't control, you know, all I can control is what I'm doing and what I like to do. And that allowed me to get past it. But what was your experience? I I love that. Um, Dude, I think we, most of us uh, endure that. Am I going to make it? Am I good enough? Like I still do that all the fucking time in my head. I'm like, fuck, am I going to get to where I want to go? By the time I'm like 40 or mm-hmm. 45, or am I just gonna be in the same position doing the same shit? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's just a fucked up thing, bro. And honestly, I don't know, maybe that therapy thing in the beginning, we, we, we should all try. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Therapy <laughs> <laughs> sounds good, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I think um, don't be so hard on yourself, man. I think yeah. it's, it's something most of us deal with, you no, know. Of course. I, I still do too, uh, although maybe from the outside looking in, it probably doesn't, but it's for sure. Even my mentor deals with that. Yeah. Uh, on like twice a month, he's like, "Fuck am I Like, you know, like everybody does. The, the imposter syndrome. 
Yes. Yeah. The imposter syndrome. Uh, will I get to where I want to go? Am yeah. I good enough? All these thoughts, bro. Everybody fucking. Yeah. Everybody deals with that. I, I I deal with that too. Where I'm like, you know what? I have carved out some success for myself. I you know I run um, I run my family's company. We do really great. I've started another company. We do really we do really good. I have this too. But sometimes I'm like, I feel like a, I'm a fake. Like mm. I legit feel like yeah, I feel you know you, I'm like damn I'm like. I feel like a lazy piece of shit. And I'm like, I'm only, I vote, this is only because I've been, and a lot of it is luck. Don't get me wrong. A lot of it is opportunity, capitalizing opportunity and luck. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'm like, dude, not that I don't deserve this, but I'm like, oh, I don't, I mean, am I good enough to like keep doing this? And like, no, you're good I enough, feel, bro. Yeah. I, and like, it's it, it just, yeah. it's like these dips. And I feel like it's sometimes just part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. Like, you I'm have sure these like am. dips and ups, and I'm like, some days I feel like I'm the fucking shit. I'm like, damn, <laughs> I'm doing this. Like, my, I have this like hyper confidence, and I'm like, go, 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 and I get everything done. And other days I'm just like, oh, fuck, I'm like juggling at all these things, and I'm like, how am I going to keep doing this? Like, I feel mm. like I'm, I'm going to slip and like, it's all going to come crashing down. Yeah. And I, I think part of it is just like realizing that like, it's just normal to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you're going to feel the way that way the next day. I also do feel like we're in a very special time where that feeling of imposter syndrome is like extrapolated because we are in an age of comparison. You know what I mean? Yeah. Social and, media. Yep. Yeah. Social media. And they always say, you know, like comparison is the thief of happiness. For you, you could probably think that you're doing really well and then you compare yourself to someone else doing a little bit better. But the thing about social media and all those things is it doesn't tell the full story, mm-hmm. right? Like I mentioned a couple of times, I've, you know, when I felt comfortable in my own skin was when I was at a table full of millionaires talking about business stuff. And I was like, damn, I don't feel like I fucking belong here. You know, like what, why do they respect me enough to have me here, you know? And as we became friends and talked about things, they, they were envious of certain things that I was doing. That they couldn't do. Like what? Uh, if, so, if I may ask. Yeah, yeah of course, of course. Uh, I'm a huge traveler and, uh, you know, my life just seems like I'm always just fucking enjoying it in every way, you know? And that is kind of my mindset. Like, even if it's a bad time, it's the best bad time I've ever had. That's the way I always <laughs> think about it. It's a good way to put it. Best bad time I've ever had. Yeah, you know? I'm going to use that for my next show, <laughs> bro. There you go, bro. It's, it's going to be it's a all song. Yours. It's all yours. Just feature us, you know? Best but, bad time I've ever Write that down, please. <laughs> okay, thank you. But... Yeah, man, it's it's everyone's story is different, and I feel like now because there's like a trend of what's on social media and what is popular and what is like com- you would consider success. You know what I mean? Like whether it's money, cars, hits uh, on your newest track. I think U.S. track. Your newest track. Oh, newest track. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 Because you know it's it's very easy to to do that, especially you know. Let's go with hits for your newest track. You know. Uh, now we base a lot of things on momentum, right? right? Like how fast can we do it? How fast can we reach it before 40? All these numbers, right? These metrics and these rubrics. But there's a lot of things in life that are very abstract, that are non-tangible, where you can't measure. You can't measure them. You yep. can't measure, you know? And a common thing that a lot of these guys say to me is, you know, to kind of put in context what I do that they're envious of is that I travel a lot. I travel like a grip load, you know? And, and for me, I travel to a lot of countries where it doesn't require a lot of money to travel. And so it's not a question of money so much. You know what I mean? Like, I go to Vietnam, like, my motherland, and that shit is cheap as fuck. Like, I can eat, like, a king with five bucks. You know what I mean? Like, that shit is fucking hella cheap. Write that down, too. <laughs> and, like, uh, they're not envious of me as the fact that they can't afford it because they obviously can. But they don't have the time, the time right? to do it. You mm-hmm. know, the priorities, that's not on their list. That's something that they probably would want to do when they're older. You know, And, and again, you know, 
success comes in different phases in your life and everyone is different. You know, whether they want to be 60 and retired and finally they could travel with their spouse or I'll be enjoying my 20s and traveling alone and figuring yeah. out things as I go. What was the best place that you traveled to? We'll just call it a biased answer because that's the way people are going to perceive it anyways. It would be Vietnam, right? Wow, racist. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's because uh, it gave me the ultimate culture shock being a Vietnamese person myself. Right? And that's weird because... You know, I didn't understand Vietnamese people until I went back. And to really resonate with these people was really shocking to me, you know, because I was like, we're two different countries apart. And to learn more about myself through them was something that is priceless, you know. So, so what's one thing that you learned that was priceless? Oh, man. Uh, I Just think one thing. One thing would be Vietnamese people are not as quiet as you think they are. <laughs> For sure, bro. Now that's racist, right? <laughs> well, there's yeah. the there's the, like the the ones like you, the Ham Choi people, and then there's the the Hien, you know, like yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Ham Choi means that you are um, you want to party, like you want to go like out. FOMO, basically, yeah. you always got FOMO. Yeah. That's basically what you're saying. FOMO. Yeah, you know, fear of missing out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You always yeah, want to yeah. go out. You always want to go be partying and stuff. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. Got it got and then Hien means like innocent, like you know, like more kind, kind, more shy. How the fuck do you know? Guess what kind of women he likes the most? <laughs> oh, I know. Already. <laughs> Wholesome, they intelligent wear, yeah, women, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they wear tails. Yeah. <laughs> Wholesome for him is without the W and, and without the L. Wait. I don't get it. Wholesome. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> I'm like, damn. I felt my vocabulary test right now. So for me, you know, I, I kind of get to that lesson that I learned that was a little different. Was that uh, when I went back, I had, I remember one of the first things I saw was this this lady who had been greatly affected by Agent Orange, which was, you know, that whole, uh, I don't even know what you call it, a weapon basically that was put on Vietnam, right? And uh, it caused a lot of deformities. So there was this lady at this banh mi shop, which is a sandwich shop. That's that's what we call it, banh mi in Vietnamese. And she would sell these lottery tickets, which is not meant for anyone to win. You you don't win this lottery. It's just <laughs> like used, for sure not. Pretty much, like if you win, it's like nothing, anyways. So, like, you just do it to sell it, and people usually feel bad for you when you sell it. It's kind of like begging, but with working still, you know. And uh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> So you actually Kinda. work for your money still, and uh, her she had no bones or it seemed like no bones in her lower body. It was just like jello, you know. So she just I don't I wouldn't say sit, but she would just crouch down in that edge or that corner, and she would sell these tickets day in day out because I would go back there multiple times in the mornings and at night, and she constantly just sold those tickets and. To me, the way I saw it was like, oh, in America, like you just wouldn't you strive for more. But the way I saw it was like she, you know, maybe she had options, but there weren't too many. Yeah. You know, and and she kind of would have a smile on her face from time to time. And I was like, damn, like what the fuck do I have to be sad about? Like this person could still enjoy what they got with with all the setbacks. And here I am, like Bitching about why I got a fucking street sweeping ticket. You know, I have a fucking card to, to get that street sweeping ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that really kind of put a lot in perspective for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, I'm going to sound like an idiot, but what the fuck is Agent Orange? It's a chemical, like, weapon yeah. that they dropped there in Vietnam during the Vietnam War. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. chemical warfare. Yeah. And, uh, Did everyone know that in this room? 
Rocky, did you know that? Okay, he recently found out. Okay, so oh, I don't yeah. feel so bad. No, no, yeah, no, 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 don't. The American education bad, system is extremely flawed. Like you, you find. I thought it was a cleaning agent. That's my boot also. That's, that might be a good name for it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that was very common in Vietnam. It was it would affect the parents, but also it would affect the kids. So even if you weren't directly exposed to it, even the kids would have deformities. So. I would okay. say Vietnam of most countries would have these deformities. So you go walk the streets and, you know, again, going back to Vietnam, I, you know, I, I see this shit all the time because I, I travel back every year, usually except for COVID. I remember I saw this kid who had like a, I guess like a bulge on his head because of, you know, the radiation or deformities. Wait, that still happens? It's yeah, long-term it, effects. It's long-term effects. So, Wait, and it was a kid. Yeah, it was a kid. So like if you have, if you had it, in your, you know, your, within your mom or dad, most likely your kid will have like a deformity too. Agent Orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what so the it, fuck? Uh, yeah, they also use it as a derogatory slur to Trump. Like they used to call him Agent Orange too. I don't know if you oh, okay. ever saw That's that like, on Twitter yeah. or anything. So yeah. crazy hmm. bad side wow. effects that passes down your lineage, which is fucking That's insane, wild. right? Yeah. So I just remember this kid. He couldn't hold his head up, so he had his head on his uh, mom's shoulder as they're like walking. And he was just telling his mom like a story with his head like tilted over and just smiling and laughing and giggling about shit. And I was just like, damn, dude, like wow, that's crazy. Like you you know, at at that time, like I I think I was just kind of going through some shit while I was there. And to me, I I really reflected on that. I was like, damn. You know what I mean? Like you you stay in like such a negative mindset sometimes you don't realize all the things you got to appreciate. And uh, yeah, man, I I feel like Vietnam is, you know, with non-bias should be a place that people should all go to because, you know, whether or not you're Vietnamese, you're human. And I think that's something I learned is like Hmm. the empathy to all human beings when you you go there. Do you find yourself telling yourself any stories like that where it's like, you know, you you were able to see that somebody else's life and kind of like not only just empathize, but like put your own life into perspective and be like, damn, what do I got to like really like bitch about or like worry mm-hmm. about? Do you have anything like that in your life where it's like, you know, that puts stuff in perspective for you? Cause I know you've been through some shit, you know? Yeah. So is it like, do you, for you, is it more like, damn, I've been through some shit and now things are brighter and now I can like. Uh, I think it's more of a subconscious thing because I, I don't think about it consciously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About like, oh, maybe like, oh, like, cause my, like my cousins from my mom's side don't have it like super well. You know, it's it's not really that good, but I don't think of it like that. But maybe at some level I do, but I just mm. don't think about it like consciously like yeah, that. Yeah, but no, no. probably. Yeah. I just can't think of any on top of my head. Is there anything that you personally use like, you know, to get over like bad experiences or like trauma or anything besides making music? Cocaine? I'm, oh. joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, man. I think it's just writing. Just mm. right. Okay. Yeah, I, I think just writing, man. You know, um, nothing too traumatic happens where I couldn't write about it. Mm. But like, for example, when my grandpa passed in twenty, was it twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen? My whole family was grieving, right? But I wrote about it. I cried a little bit, not to say I didn't feel, you know, some something, but writing about it definitely does something. Which yep. is why therapists say, "Oh, write your feelings, write mm-hmm. this and that." You know. So I wrote about that whole experience. And my family was like, oh, that's how you felt? Like, that's, mm. you know, so that's kind of how I deal with things is writing about it, you know, uh, I, which is why I think about 
why I think I write about breakups so much because they happen a lot. So, you know, it's the easiest yeah. thing to write about. I love that because I resonate with writing. Like, I try and write every single day. I write. And Rocky knows this too. Like, we read this book. It's called The Artist's Way. You write three pages every single day. It's supposed to make you more creative and it's supposed to get out all the stuff like out of your head and like make hmm. you be more in the present moment, make you be more creative, but also like get rid of shit that's in your mind, you know, that sometimes like prevents you from like living in this present moment. You know, and it's like every single day for, you know, I did it for a year, one year, 20, maybe 17. And I felt like a different person at the end of the year where I was just like every single day, I would force myself to write three pages every single day. And by the end, and you reflect at the end of the year, everything you wrote and you're like, damn, like this is where I changed. This is where I grew. Like I've made changes in my life or I've stagnated in some. Mm -hmm. And it's just for me, anytime anybody asks me like anything about advice, how do I get over this? How do I do that? Whatever. I'm always like, dude, just write it out. Try, try writing out first so you can actually put your emotions and feelings onto physical paper and look at it and see like, is this really how I'm feeling? Is this really like what's going on in my life? And from there, you can make a decision. So it was just writing. It wasn't like rhyming. It was just writing, right? Yeah, writing. Mm-hmm. Okay, writing. Just, yeah, just, just writing, writing exactly what just you Just writing. So, no, there's rhyming in there. Like, you know, your brain goes into these spots where it's like you run out of things to say and you start making your own rhymes too. Like, it just, I, it can I, go I'm anywhere. I'm just curious as to how you got that. Like, so it was just pure writing. Writing. Like, what you felt in the morning, what you felt at night. Or? Um, It varies. Honestly, like, it could be anything where it's like, uh, I'll always write what I'm grateful for. And I'll write for mm. like, you know, like um, what's going on like in the first part of my day. But after that, there's times when I've written songs. There's time when I've written stories. There's part where I've just like rhymed and like made up nonsense words. And like you take your brain where it doesn't go normally. Where it's like mm-hmm. you run out of like the normal short memory stuff to say. And then your brain just explores. And you go, I've written a bunch of like random like songs trying to rhyme. I've written like random stories or just trying to describe the world around me. And like it's therapeutic. It really, it's really helped me more than anything else. Yeah, I'm going to have to give that a shot. Yeah. It can be the craziest shit. Like, it does not matter. There's times I've looked back, I'm like, what the fuck am I saying? Like, that's not even English. Was it Um. Spanish? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, kind of going to the opposite side of that, right? It sounds like there's no prompt to it. Use right wherever it's free-flowing. But it sounds like you kind of have an approach, right? Like a a way that you write your thoughts. Because are you rhyming usually when you're writing these things? Or does it start off as like, just how I'm feeling and then how do I translate it into a song? Usually I, I listen to sad beats mm. and then I just let them let, let them take over. But it's usually rhyming. Um, and I don't really like writing. Like, do you like mm. writing? That's a very like hard question to ask because in the moment I hate it. Mm. Or it's like, right. oh, but then, but I don't want to end. At the end like I was it. like, oh, I'm so glad I did it. Right. I yeah. used to write like a lot of short stories. I wanted to be a writer. Mm. And I remember I forced myself to write every day and every single day to like do it and do it. And I was like, this is so like annoying. This is like sucks. Mm. But when I'm in, I'm like, oh, this is cool. And I finished, I'm like, damn, that was nice. But every day it was the same thing. Like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then I'm like, oh, no, no, I do. Unless I feel like you're a natural born writer, it's a little different. Like for me, like whenever I write, I'm like fuck, is that how you spell that word? Like, I got to go on fucking Google and shit. It just kind of reminds me, like, God damn, this shit is, like, basic English, like, brain and brine. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? I love that. Yeah, man. So, I, yeah, I don't really like writing for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's funny is that, so I had to finish an album because I was signing a, a management contract. So I had to finish this album by a certain time. But, man, like, I overthink so much when I write that, like, I couldn't, I knew I couldn't get it done in the amount of time. Oh, wow. So I started getting a prescription of Adderall Oh, I've done the same thing. My first time trying it, right? And I'm like, okay, let me try writing on Adderall. This was was last year. First time, my very first time. I I don't do drugs, right? I drink, (laughs) I drink liquor, right? Yeah. So I, I, I I tried it with Adderall, 
And usually the way I write is I drive and I write. Mm. So like I, I can't sit still. Sorry, and write. what? It sounds very dangerous, but yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, I've gone into a lot of accidents. <laughs> so usually I drive and write. So I drive and that's the only time that my mind is just free of thoughts mm. for some weird reason, right? So I was like, let me try no, Adderall while driving and writing at the same time. Whoa. Flew like a motherfucker. I was like, oh, you're f- like, like, figure she's nothing. That's wild. But I liked it way too much. Oh. Way too much. So, like, I, I just ended up tossing all the pills, like, that I had down the drain. And I'm like, yo, I tried it for two months, and I'm like, yo, I like this way too much. That's insane. I'm just, I'd rather suffer not writing than have to deal with fucking this addiction, because mm. it, it was, it's so good. Is that it's, how you wrote uh, Late Night Drive? I think that's how I wrote most of my album. Oh, wow. I like yeah. that one. That yeah, one was good. most of my album on, on Adderall. And yeah, it, it came out good, but like, <laughs> it wasn't like, I think it, it's, it's, it's a, I wouldn't do it again. Why don't you just do voice memos? I have to listen to the beat in the car and my phone has to be connected and you can't mm. do voice memos and listen to the beat at the same time. Gotta get you a voice recorder, bro. What the fuck? <laughs> He's showing his videos here. So Dude. I had a second phone. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You had a second phone. It just got stolen two weeks ago in my car. What? So I don't have that anymore. So Damn. it is what it I is. I thought you but- were out of Santa Ana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. <laughs> Fucking follow me to Chino Hills, bro. But yeah, I think I need to buy a second phone to try to do that. But mm. I'm trying to get faster, but fuck me, dude. It, it, it is such... I hate writing, bro. Do you feel like your rise to success like changed the way you thought about things? Because I'm sure the journey itself was like, before you got there, you're like, damn, dude, when is it going to happen? Because it sounds like when you talked about time frame, like, well, where am I going to be where I want to be at 40? Did that feel like it came too fast a little bit? Or do you feel like it came at the right time? Well, I mean, I don't think I'm successful. To any degree? I mean, it's arbitrary. I mean, uh... Oh, that's what I'm asking. Because it doesn't have to be hits. It doesn't have to be... Yeah, plays, right, it doesn't right, have to be right. Hey, bro, you got your own apartment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that, so success is subjective and yes, whatnot. Uh, of course. I don't think... I'm nowhere near where I want to be. So I am hard on myself. Oh, right? That's... So like, I at, at 35 or 40, I want to have... A fucking home in Newport on the fucking water, right? That nice. that's just what I want. So it's like, yeah. if I'm not getting close to that, I'm I'm de- I don't like it. I, I don't Ooh. like that feeling, you know. Wow. So so very I, if I don't have a million dollars in my bank account by the time I'm like 33, I don't know what's gonna happen. Has your subjective success affected maybe the way your family views you? So you said you guys grew up, you know, maybe not poor. Oh, but like- I mean, my mom would be, my, my mom is happy now. She's like, even if you don't do anything else, like, I'm super happy with what you've been able to accomplish. Um. Like she's, my, her and my brother are extremely happy with what I've been able to do. Yeah. I'm not like, you know, I mean, it, yeah. it's cool what I've been able to do, but um, no, it's nowhere near to where I want to go. Mm. Yeah. And that's yeah. okay. I mean, I feel yeah. like, I mean, I'm similar in that way where it's like, I've achieved some, but I'm like, I want more. You know, I, I don't see this as like my, where I'm supposed to stop. I'm like, I want to keep going. I want to achieve more. Even though someone might tell you like, yeah, damn, dude, you're successful. Like you got it. Mm. You got it. You're going on tour. You're doing this. You got like hundreds of like thousands, sorry, thousands of fans and stuff. And that's amazing. But it's like, you know, you, you see, yeah, that's cool. But like, want more. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you want out of real estate? I'm just curious. I want to own Santa Ana. God damn. <laughs> More gentrification. Let's go. It sounds like it's villain story, dude. <laughs> you know how they have like the Irvine company? I'm like, dude, I want to have the Santa Ana yeah, company. He's like, I'm about like, to gentrify <laughs> the whole fucking city. I'm like, because like, dude, the Irvine company, they own all the land for Irvine. Like, you know, they'll rent out houses and stuff, but they own the land. They can do whatever they want. That's but crazy. The Irvine company is 
a company. Yeah. You're like one person. Like, right, now, <laughs> right, I'm, now, I'm just, right now, Peter, right now. No, no, no. I, I get what you're saying. If you're saying like the Palomino company, then yeah, I fucking get it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the name. I think the reason why I say that, you know, like I want to say I disagree, but I have like a different perspective where, you know, because one of the ways that you were saying it was like, if I don't get there, I don't know what's going to happen. And to me, maybe that sounds a little like dark almost. Cause you know, I, again, I go back to like the whole Vietnam story where I'm like, they don't fucking got shit. And also like, you know, comparisons to thief to happiness. And, and all I'm seeing from what you guys are saying is that like, if I can't achieve my goals and maybe that's not a comparison thing, but maybe expectations, right? Cause it does very similar things. Like, I feel like you guys are both mega successful and, and I'm sure you guys feel happy, mm-hmm. but I don't ever, and you know, I, I barely met you. I don't ever want you guys to feel like just because you didn't meet your expectations that you guys don't deserve to be happy or that, you know, uh, I'm not successful. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's just where I'm coming from. Cause like, I, I, I've seen people do that where they put very, very extreme, extremely high expectations of themselves, which I think it's good to strive for the moon, you know? But, you know, if you land on the stars, it's not that big of a deal. And I think, you know, some people don't understand it because, you know, I, I heard this story and again, my memory fucking sucks. So it's not, not verbatim, <laughs> you, right? Your what? My memory. Oh, this is your marriage. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, wrong guy for sure. <laughs> but uh, no, there's this uh, CEO. He was like a tech CEO and he... Uh, his, one of his homies was like, yo, you should do this, like, triathlon with me. And he doesn't train. He's just, like, a fit guy. doesn't train. He gets, like, seventh place. And he feels like he's on top of the fucking world. And he's like, fuck yeah, man. I can't believe I fucking did this. I killed it. And then he was like, yo, my goal is first place next year. Like, I'm going to fucking train. I'm going to kill it. I think he ends up getting, like, second or third. And he was like, that was the lowest time in my life. <laughs> oh, jeez. He was like, I expect to be first because I put in so much effort. The first time I didn't do anything, I didn't expect anything. But I felt way better seventh than I did second or third. And I see that far too much with people trying to have super high expectations for themselves where they chalk everything up to nothing, right? And and everyone who looks up to them is like, damn, what do you mean? Like, I love to you. I think you're fucking doing great. And sometimes, you know, you, you need that support system but at the same time it's like bro you you've done a lot and you should come to realize that on your own but when you don't like hopefully you have people around you who will tell you otherwise you know yeah but that's why i'm I'm trying to tell you right now it's like try and be that support system maybe you know no no i I appreciate that i don't know how you feel on this but for me yeah i don't i don't i don't feel that way where it's like i can balance these two ideas where i'm like i have big like i i try and have big audacious goals Mm -hmm. But I am happy already. Like, I'm happy with what I got. I am mm. very, like, content. And, like, I could stop at any time, you know? And it doesn't... My goals are not tied to my self-worth or my, like, self-respect. I'm like, if I don't achieve these, it's not going to affect me okay. in a bad way. Because I'm like, I've already, like, I've gotten here and I am happy. But I don't... I've spent, like, a year more being complacent and, like, buying into my own hype. Yeah. Where I'm like, damn, I did it. Like, I did so good, you know? Yeah. And I felt like man, like, I'm not hungry anymore. Like, mm. I'm not, like, trying, like, how I used to try. I'm not as motivated. I'm not as disciplined and stuff. So now I'm, like, I have, have these big goals and I want to achieve them, but it's not tied to, like, how, how I feel about myself, you know? Because mm, okay. I, I am very happy. Like, So let, let me ask you this. 
right? I want both your opinions and perspectives. Like, when was the last time that you guys felt like you felt fell short? And what did you feel that moment and how did you get past it? Because mm. I feel like I fall short all the time. And, you know, listen, Mario is like, oh, have a good business. I do this and do that. Like, yeah, it almost goes back to social media. Like, yeah, we fucking succeed, right? But then there's not enough emphasis on, like, when you do fall short and yeah. and how to cope with it. And then when you do it as people that other people look up to, like, they're like, well, they never fall short. They ne- never seem to feel ashamed or, or, like, shortcomings come true. Like, when I have my shortcomings, then I don't know how to process it. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know how to cope with it. So that's kind of more of the reason why mm-hmm. I asked because people who are kind of, yeah. you know, on the journey that you guys are at, maybe, you know, have not reached that level of success. Like, I'm, I'm curious as to, you know, like, maybe they can relate more hearing about how you dealt with it. The shortcomings I can think of off the top of my head is more of, like, videos. Mm. So it's, like, YouTube is probably my biggest platform. I think I have close to a million subscribers on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. So when you drop a video, it's, like, this video does well, but the next one doesn't do as well. You're, like, it just, it, 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 does something to you, right? Um, I dropped a video with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It actually, it, it's, it's doing pretty well. It has um, four out of 10. So basically YouTube, but if you go to YouTube analytics, it says like where this video ranks out of your last 10 videos. And it was number four. Mm. Oh, it's good. So it's like, it's cool, but it's like, it should be number one. It's not, why is it not? And then it just keeps going back to that type of thing because I think 30,000 in four days is shit. On my YouTube channel, right? Yeah. Well, obviously, there's other people who don't think that. Yeah, we like, love oh, that. success. It's not, right? Because yeah. I look at people who have, in four days, 300,000. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, fuck, dude. Uh, like, why the fuck is not mind doing that shit, you know? Yeah. So I, it's it's the it's the levels to things, but it's, uh, it, that's the kind of shit that fucks with my head. It's, it's like, fuck, wow. this should not be where it's at right now. This should be fucking way more than, than, then where's that? that? That's the only thing I could think of. Off the top is of this head. the one? Is this the what's it called? Is the happy one? Say you love me. Say so you, it's kind of that's happy. why it's kind of because it's happy, <laughs> and all your fans are sad. No, so so, so 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 that's the thing too is that when I do make happy music, it does it doesn't do good. <laughs> it's it, 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 it's a thing. It's a thing. I swear to God, it's a thing. That's what. It's no, a thing. that's honestly what I was imagining. Yeah, yeah. I, swear to God. I know, I know. I, I see it because I listen to your like top songs, and I'm like, yeah, oh, you know, these are all, all like fucking depressing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They would love it if I talked about killing myself. Yeah, talking about love. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Like I don't mind it. Yeah. But I do have to be aware of it because, you know, it it can't take an effect. It's like fuck. Okay, this isn't doing as well as my mm. last one. Let me. St- like fuck, am I doing this well? Like it's just it's just fucking trash. Yeah. You know? It's just fucking trash. But someone may look at that and be like, dude, you got fucking thirty thousand in fucking four days. Yeah. But I don't see it as as success. Man, mm-hmm. it was a good song. I, I liked it. I appreciate that. I think yeah. there's a part where you I think t- I saw the V too. Yeah, good. you talk about being better uh for yourself for her. You yes. Know? And I'm like, yeah. I like I vibe with that. I, I've yeah. done that before where it's like sometimes it doesn't matter what it is that inspires you to become better. Just that you try and become better. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you can do it for yourself. But sometimes it's a woman, you know, a man, someone yeah. in your life, someone special. You know, you find inspiration from anything. And yeah. I, I think being able to do that, especially with a significant other, you're like, damn, like, I can be better and I can do it for this person. 
you know, and you guys yeah. can do it together. And I think that's that's beautiful. So uh, I guess my shortcomings would be the my last shortcoming mm-hmm. would be maybe like my past relationship or like I I was really trying to make it work and I felt like really enamored with the person and we mm. I mean you know we were like on and off and on and off and like trying to make it work for so long and it just like man it just never worked it just we we tried mm. different times different things and it was always we end up like fighting against each other we trying to we both trying like I know we're both trying our best and I could never get to that point where it was like that honeymoon phase that started and I couldn't always keep that feeling going through the relationship because of the fights, because of the arguing, mm. where it's like they were, I would say at the time we started dating, it's the first time that I really, really liked someone again after years of not like really like being really infatuated with anyone and like really like vibing and connecting with them. Because you didn't want to or? No, I've always wanted to. Like uh, me and Peter are like kind of like opposites where he mm. wants to like, you know, kind of like be single, enjoy his life and stuff. And he gets into consistent long-term relationships like 10, 5, 8 years. Yeah. And for me, like I'm always like, I want someone to connect with. I want uh, long-term and mine always end up being like 3, 4, 5 months, something like that. So I, I am. Months? Months. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Right. He's ran through. Yeah. <laughs> Sir. Yeah, <it's> <laughs> Um, so I found myself like really connecting with this person and like, you know, we vibed on so many levels, but it was like every week was a fight and about the smallest things. It wouldn't matter. It was just like constant fights. And in the beginning, like the first four months, I'm like, yeah, I can do this. Like, you know, I can keep up with it. I'm very calm. So I'm like, okay, let's talk it out. Let's communicate. Let's like find a way to like make this work. But I later after like those four or five months, I just felt like, man, like I felt like defeated, you know, and I felt like this is this is not okay. This is kind of toxic. Like you're not learning from your mistakes. You're arguing with me and fighting with me about like the smallest things. And we stayed together for, like on and off so long because like there was like an inner core of like, yeah, we vibe. But at the end of it, it's just like there's just so much trauma that happened in the beginning that it, it could never like flourish again. Mm-hmm. So, trauma like what in the beginning? Uh, and I say trauma, you know, but it was just like… I know what you mean. Yeah, it was just like… Honestly, like, it was so crazy. I ended up making a cat. We, we broke up and, like, she kind of had blamed me. And I was like, am I, am I the problem? Am I crazy? And I'm like, I need to, I need to see this. And I, I made a fucking calendar of, of the month of every single day that we had a fight. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah, I wrote down. I'm like, am I, am I like, because it, it's hard to sometimes <laughs> see it while you're in it. And I'm like, no, I need to write this down. And I recalled every single time we had a fight. And I was like, look. This is every single time you've started a fight with me this month. And the kid you not, it was at least like two or three a week over different things. And I was, and she was like, oh, am I the problem? I'm like, yeah. And we tried, we tried mm. to fix it. But it was just like me constantly trying to like First of all, the fact problems. that you made a calendar, bro. I know, I know. Like, <laughs> You're a little bit crazy, I know, bro. I know, <laughs> I know dude. Because in my head, I was like, I know. God I, damn, bro. <laughs> Golly. Never to, in my ears. To, 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 to justify myself, I, I was trying to explain to my significant oh, other, where I'm like, it's, you're, you're fighting with me all the time. And she's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm like, how do I prove to this person that like, yes, you are. Like, you have a problem. Mm. You're constantly conflicting with me, you know? And it's like, I wrote down like every single day and I wrote what the problem was, you know, on every single. So it's not like, oh, you know, you're making this up. Like, no, this is what happened, you know. Huh. And yeah, I, I did feel like a crazy person for sure. But I was like, yo, I do want to make this work, but I also like, I feel like I'm right, you know. Like, <sighs> so that Man. was my last shortcoming where I'm like, I couldn't find a way to like get the relationship to grow beyond like the fights. So like at the end, whose uh, fault was it? Like at the very end of the whole thing, like, you know, did you guys like come to some? 
it, it became this thing where it's like we went on and off so many times where we kind of just kind of like sort of died off. But like we're still like we're friends in a sense. And like I care about the person and she cares about me. But like we've talked about it. We're like we, we went through this cycle so many times where I'm like it wasn't anybody's fault at the end. Mm. At least that's what I like to say because I'm like I don't want to blame her. You know, like I tend to be the calmer ones in relationships. I tend to be like, you know, more understanding in a sense. Not maybe not more understanding, but I'm like, I can rationalize the issues going on. So okay. we ended up like mutual, mutual break. That, that calendar though has me a little. <laughs> you better not be coming up with the song. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm about to buy, buy the calendar. Right yeah. there. We're like, yeah, every single time. <laughs> yeah. What about you though? Like, I know a lot of your songs are about relationships, and like, maybe not this relationship here at this moment because these tend to be like maybe more happy songs. But like, what would have been like your your bad ones, like your crazy ones, like your dark ones that you've written about, mm. or even the ones you haven't written about? You know what? Most of the dark songs are my fault, and that's okay. You know, it's usually it's usually my fault, and I'm usually the one with the shortcoming and 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 do all the stuff all the bad shit yeah mm-hmm. um so i usually talk from that perspective it's like i am the one causing these problems and mm-hmm. i'm very aware of that yeah there's one where you talk about like you're you're getting you're gonna get there and that you hope like when you do that you're kind of there so uh they all the the love songs quote unquote nowadays have a consistent theme to where they're they are talking about growth and it's like, I, I, I was a dick, right? <laughs> There's no other way of putting it, you know? I was a dick, um, did some bad things, whatever. But I, I, don't, I don't like being that guy. Yeah. You know? And uh, that's where most of the, uh, of the relationship songs stem from now. Uh, from Find My Way, which blew up on TikTok, which I had no intention of putting out mm. into the world until it blew up on TikTok. And like people... And like, Men and women were like, or women were like, damn, I wish my boyfriend would say me to, or would say this to me. And then guys were like, damn, I wish I could put this into words. Mm. And, uh, and I was like, okay, so let me just tell my story and then say what I feel. But I am far from perfect, you know, and uh, I, I don't mind putting my flaws out there and saying I am a dick sometimes. Mm. You are on the right show. I am an <laughs> asshole sometimes. <laughs> I, I have no problem saying that. But it, but it works because people feel that way. You know, no one's yeah. perfect and... I guess that's what broken people is about. Yeah. I mean, you know? that's literally what we, me and Peter, like, always talk about this, where it's like, we here, we talk about our shit. Like, we've both been toxic. We've both, like, had a lot of issues with, like, our relationships. But the underlying current is, like, we're trying to grow. You yeah. know, even this right here, like, you know, getting to know you helps us getting to know ourselves, too, where it's like, you're talking about your shit. You're talking about, like, you know, you've been a dick. You've been an asshole. But you're not that person anymore or you're at least trying not to be that person you're trying to get there and it makes at least it makes me reflect and I'm like yeah dude sometimes I have been an asshole sometimes I've been fucked up and it's like these kind of conversations just bringing it out into the world help me realize I'm like damn like I, I am growing and I'm trying to be better yeah. and I know next time something happens I'm like you know what I'm not gonna do that I'm not gonna be an asshole yeah wait so sorry is the continuing on the relationship thing Sorry, uh, like who, is there a specific person that inspired these songs? Maybe not this latest album, but like, you know, majority of your songs were, you know, about relationships. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was one person in particular uh, who inspired these. Uh, I don't fall in love very often. Yeah. Same. So uh, one girl in particular took over like the last like four years of my life. Oh, wow. In creation of love songs because 
like, you know, flings, you don't really yeah. rap about those or talk about those, but there was one in particular. But then I met my girlfriend now who who is starting to inspire these these other more positive songs, which I'm not used to, but mm. uh it's good to make a transition from being so negative all the time to talking about some positive, even if your fan base doesn't <laughs> gravitate towards it so much. But I will say that there is some that are like, man, I seen your relationship with your girlfriend and I'm like, man, that made me want to get into a, being be, being a healthier man and, and like taking care of my woman and this and that. And it's like, okay, so then even... Even if everything else fails, at least I help someone in in, in that way. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like I help them be a better boyfriend, a better husband, or reflect on their mistakes. You know, like no one's perfect. We we fuck up, mm-hmm. you know, but as long as we continue to be better ourselves, then that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. What what was it about this past relationship that like, you know, inspired all this like kind of like sad songs? Like what? Wait, the one before my current girlfriend? The one before you were happy. <laughs> okay, the one before I was happy. <laughs> the one before so, your current girlfriend. Uh, so nope. I guess that was the first uh, time I was in love. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's that you first time. Uh, the first time I was in love, the first time you, you move in with someone, the first time you really care about someone on a deeper level, and then it just ends up going uh, a bad way. But it's sort of your fault yeah. a, a little bit. You know, sort of their fault, but it's mainly your fault. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I I own up to it, and I'm like you know I I I was I was the toxic person, uh, and I was the reason why it failed for the most part. Yeah, you know. Um, but after that, I was like, I definitely got to be a better man for the next person. Yeah, because I feel like in a lot of your songs, like you allude to these like you know moments of toxicity of stuff you fucked up, like when you've been wrong and everything. Right. Um, if you're okay with, if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine too. I am you know, cool, bro. But I, like, I am good. Yeah. So if there's stuff, you know, because I feel like the the music gives you parts. It gives you like, hey, this is what happened here, here. But do you want to like elaborate on like what it meant to you, or like the story that happened? You know, how it really like you know, what is that really happened that affected you this bad, or like what is it that you did to fuck up this bad that you you know mm, last four that, years? That, that, that's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I just know that it wasn't... Fuck, I was just a dick, dude. Like, I, I, <laughs> I don't even know any other way to put it. I was just uh, a dick to someone I, I loved at the time and uh, wasn't a good person. You're just mean? like Insecurities, bro, get the best of me sometimes. Mm. That, like, jealousy, hitting, like... <laughs> hitting? Yeah. No, I oh. never, I never hit, oh. and I would never hit. Except for my first girlfriend. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. And my latest. <laughs> no, I never, I never hit. Uh, I've gotten close, but I've yeah. never, I never hit. Uh, just the most I ever got into is just angry raps. But mm. I would have never hit. Uh, at least I, I don't think I would. Um, and I only ask because, like, this isn't to like put you on the spot or anything like that. But like, listen to your music. Like, it sounds like all this like stuff that's happened. So like, I'm curious about. And usually, you know, the show is like a little deep dive on you. So like, stuff that maybe your fans don't normally get to hear. Maybe it's like you know your story, and like you can really go into it. But again, not trying to flame you, not trying yeah, to put no, you on no, the spot no. or anything um, like that. Because I think everyone has their own type of like. Um, abuse that they've given to their partners. And I say abuse, but it's like, you know, the toxicity, the being an asshole, you know, gaslighting, Um, cheating. Like there's different, there's so many different like varied levels. I wouldn't cheat on someone I love. Yeah. Uh, 
in the in the beginning of you know I'm, I think my early twenties I did I did cheat, but uh, I I only did it because I wanted to prove something to my high school self who was a nerd. Mm. Yep. Who adapted to bullies yeah. and to girls who rejected him? But like, you know what? You you can do this, but that's not who I am. Yeah, you know. And uh, when I love, I love pretty hard. So, I uh, to, to to someone I love, I I wouldn't do that. But you know, earlier, I guess in my life, I mm. probably would. Yeah. We all we all but fucked not up now. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess it kind of comes to the question of like, what is really so different about this relationship? Because for one, you know, I've seen your content through the years, you know, just like going through social media, but you just had a video with her and a song that you wrote about her. Yes. I'm assuming this is probably the most that you've done content with a significant other. Yes. I've never had a girlfriend in a music video before, but oh, wow. aside from her, they all been like actors and shit like that. Okay. Or actresses. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. earlier you were saying that like you want to be better for the next person. But for some reason, I'm getting this feeling that she was also better for you. So you're a better person for the next person, but she was also better for you. So for some reason, you guys just kind of fit. And that's the reason why you kind of let her into your life of, like, your your brand, your your person, your being, your your music, you know? And, and I'm assuming not too many other people have had that opportunity to be a part of it because maybe because... You saw them as something more temporary because okay. if you do this and you put it on the internet, the internet is forever. Forever. I'm sure yes. you you know that and you right. thought about this. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I <laughs> Very heavily, bro. Yeah. Very heavily. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What, what's, the, what's the difference? And I'm sure you're going to say a bunch of great things right now. So She's yeah. like, you better say a bunch of great things. <laughs> right? That's that right strong. Uh I don't know, man. I mean, I I dated uh, here and there, but I think that, uh, I mean, I I'm just gonna be very very real. She's not that fucked up. Oh, right. So like, there's a lot of women I dated that just had a shit ton of trauma, and she's not gone through that yet. You know, she's yeah. I mean, I hope I don't ever do that. <laughs> you know, like you're very lovely, and I love you, and uh, I hope I never do that to you. But the Love is a fucked up thing, and she's super young right now, so I, I don't think she's experienced. How please please elaborate love can on be. her age, though. Please, like, don't say super young with that. <laughs> she, she's uh, turning twenty two at the end of the month. Uh, okay, oh, okay, cool, cool, okay. cool. Yeah, and uh, don't want to misconstrued that. Yeah, to the young you know, thing. and uh, I don't think. <laughs> I, fuck, I should be blunt. She, 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 she doesn't know what love can do yet. Mm. Oh. It, it can really fuck up a person, but uh, I think. I don't even know if I'm saying the right thing right now, but uh, no, she's there's, uh, there's, there's no wrong this answer. This is your experience. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is your so, uh, I mean, she's good for me. You know, uh, she's she she's just great. I mean, I don't even know what to say after that, but she's just great. Why that's why is she good why. for you? I mean, I know she wouldn't cheat uh, for a fact. Uh, we talk about everything. And I mean, I dated a lot, but it's the only person I'm comfortable opening up to. Is it more because she's maybe a little more of a blank slate than someone? Yes. Yes, more of a blank slate, more than anything. Uh, I think, like, there's not much to, there, there, there's not too much trauma in the love department mm. to where it could, you know. What does that say about you? I like my women 
clean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, say, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, it no, is what it is. I don't want them to, yeah. you know, uh, I think I'll be a Leonardo, a Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> You know, for sure. Uh, you better be weird at 25, by the way. <laughs> Stay 21 forever, right? Is it because these past relationships have really, like, been negative or traumatic where these people have come in with their own baggage and just, like, kind of put that on you in their own way that you look for someone who hasn't had maybe as many experiences? Yeah, so I think, uh, like, the one before her, for example, she was like, I'm still friends with all of my exes. That's I'm weird. like, bitch. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. <laughs> Get out of here. No, it's, it, you're not for me, you know? And, yeah. like, uh, she understands that, that, like, that's just something I, I don't put up with. I think most men don't put up with. It depends. It depends. No. It, it, it's, no. like, if it's, like, a, I would agree really with not them. a yeah, thing. Yeah, most men don't. Most yeah, men most don't. men don't. Yeah, Let's just be real about it, you know? Can I ask you how that conversation came about? Because was it, like, right off the bat, she was, like, I'm so friends with all so my exes? she was, like, what's your red flag? And I'm, like, I think I said... I like to drink a lot. And she was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm still cool with everyone I fucked, I fucked before. And I'm like, whoa. And it's at dinner. I'm like, bitch, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, yeah. nah, like, nah. <laughs> fuck off. Whoa. And after that, it just, it just, uh, I'm like, okay, so this obviously ain't for me. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. not cool with that. Yeah. I'm not. It's good you're up yeah. front. So, yeah. yeah. And then we cut it off. You know, I think most guys aren't cool with that. It, it does depend. It does depend. It does depend. You know, are you guys cool with it? Ooh, so I had something very similar. It wasn't like all my exes, but I my ex had told me when we first started dating, she was like, oh, I'm going on a trip to Mexico. I was like, cool, that's fine. And she was like, oh, my on and off relationship is there. I was like, oh, okay. And she was like, oh, it's for his birthday. I'm like, that's weird. okay, well, are you friends with them? It's like, oh, we're in the same group. I'm like, I get that. You know what I mean? Because I've been... In friend groups where it's like people will avoid each other. Like they're like, oh, well, my ex can be there. I'm not going to go. And I fucking hate that. I'm just like, bro, just grow up. And like, who fucking cares if your ex is there and you're the same friend group? Just go show up. Show face. Because if you're really friends with this group, leave it be. It's fine. You know, learn how to like swallow your ego up and just like let it be. But in this case, it seemed like it had already been so far gone that to me, it's not really an issue. I don't, I don't really... I guess my mindset is also, if she does something, like, it's over for me. I, I, I disconnect really quickly. Right. So, for me, it's like, I'll let her mess up if she's going to do that. But if she's not, then whatever. It's, it's a test. Because the way I view things is, um, people could say whatever the fuck they want to say. But until you put it to the test, Fact it doesn't that. really mean anything. Yep. You know what I mean? I get it. Yeah. And I, I mentioned this a lot, and it sounds fucking terrible. But, like... Some motherfuckers say they will never cheat because <laughs> you're too ugly and broke for anyone to cheat with you. So you don't really have the opportunity to. But a guy who has the opportunity to get with a lot of girls to not cheat, that really shows more about his character than someone who doesn't cheat because they can't fucking catch a girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's, to me, the biggest difference. And, uh, you know, when she did that, every, everything came out fine. Like, I was, if anything, I was more appreciative that she was upfront about it. But um, it wasn't like I'm friends with all my fucking exes because I'm not friends with all my exes. I'm just being honest because you can't click with everyone. You know, if, if anything, that shows me more of something that you click with everyone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, not there's everyone a quote. Has- if you if you're friends of everyone, you're friends with. I, I fucking forget, babe. <laughs> there's a quote. 
Gotta look up right now. He has to say. He has to say. He has to say. He has to say. Don't worry, we'll edit it to make it seem like you said it. A friend of everyone is a friend of none or some shit like that. A friend of no one, yeah. I would say for myself, it's kind of similar to Peter's where like, at least when I was younger, I struggled with like control and trust where it's like, I needed my partner to like, no, no, no. You can't talk to anybody you've like, you know, been intimate with or anything like that. But uh, as I got older, I realized that's kind of like an insecurity of my own. And I had to like slowly let that go because it was poisoning my relationships where it was like, you know, we would have fights when we didn't need to have fights over them hanging out, kind of like in a group with someone that they had you know, previously dated. So for me now, it's more like on the same thing where it's like, if I trust this person, I'm more willing to let this person go and fuck up if they do. And then I'll know, you know, I'd rather test it because you don't want that shit in the future. You can't control someone or have them like play by your rules for the rest of your life. If yeah. it's like, if yeah. there's like, you know, it's going to come out. Yeah. It's going to come out eventually. So I'd rather have it happen right away. And it's like, I, I, that's I, not why you do it. Like you don't do it because you want it to happen right away. You do it just because you want to like, no, a part of me wants to know a part of me wants to test the trust too. Like a subjective part where it's like, cause I, I'm putting some, when I am, when I like someone and I really like them, I'm put in those situations as well. Cause like there are women that I've like, you know, been intimate with that. Like sometimes like, you know, we interact in different groups and stuff, but I'm like, Oh, you know, respectful. Oh, Hey, you know, what's up? That's it. Nothing else. There's no, there's no lingering. There's no like lingering emotions or anything. Even if like, you know, we had had something in the past, it's more like, you know, I like someone I'm into them and I'm going to respect that. So if I see them, Oh, Hey, cool. Oh yeah. Hey, you know, and then that's it. But I won't go past that. That's tough because Mars a hoe, so he Stop. knows. Stop. I'm wholesome. For her to be like, oh, I trust you with everyone that you're friends with, that's a lot of fucking Sure, people. sir, you know I mean? please. <laughs> <laughs> I think a woman that I take serious, I will screen her for shit yeah. mm. for a very long time until I know that I'm like, okay, you're good. Yeah. Mm. Like that scenario, if she's friends with any, no. Yeah. But that's just my. Oh, no, no. Everyone's different. Everyone. No, it's yeah. not going to happen. Just not. It's just not. But I respect anybody who who can deal with that. That 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 can't be me. You know, I I respect that a lot because I think in general we're at this. I I don't even know for lack of a better word like this woke age where it's like you could be better just fucking do it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, dude, it's not that fucking simple. You know? And to me, sometimes you people describe it as like avoidant. You know what I mean? But a lot of people be like, oh, just fucking face it head on. I'm like, nah, dude. Sometimes my life is just fucking easier if it's not fucking around. If it's not fucking in front of me, you know? And that's just the way I function better. Not everyone needs to fucking triumph over all their fucking insecurities and all this fucking bullshit. Like, if you're not made that way and really it causes you more harm, just fucking, yeah, just don't deal with it. That's it. You know what I mean? But some people are like, oh, you know, just just try it, try it, try it. I'm like, nah, dude. Like, you know how many times you got to fucking try it and how many times you got to fail to, for you (laughs) to understand, like, yeah, that's just not me. That's okay. Exactly, bro. It is very subjective to the person, at least for myself, where it's like, yeah, I, I know that I have, you know, friends or acquaintances who I have, like, had something with. So I would feel, I feel like unfair if like I can't give my partner the same, you know, where it's like, yeah, like I get it. You know, it's okay. Cause like I have, I have a homie who him and his girl, they would always fight cause she had hooked up with one dude in her friend group after like a breakup years ago, you know, and it would only happen like, it, it was like brief. It was like a month or something, you know, it didn't mean anything to her. It was quick, whatever. There's no love there at all. And then he had also hooked up with someone who's in his friend group and she would come around all the time, you know? They had had their brief thing, whatever, you know? But he 
could not get over that she had like hooked up with him with that other guy for years. You know, it, it was the consistent problem in the relationship. He could not get over it, even though he had done the same thing. And the girl that he had done it with was still around the friend, come around all the time. And the girl was cool with it. It's like, oh, no, I get it. You know, you weren't with me at the time. And, you know, why am I going to fight you when you weren't with me? And how come you can't do the same for me? When you know I don't love this person. I love you. And we're still going to cause problem every single time. That's yeah. when I'm like, hey, you know, there, something needs to... Although there is a different perspective from girls getting fucked to guys getting fucked. There oh, is. Yeah, of course. There is. There is. There's definitely. Not get that confused. Oh, yeah. That's... That there is a huge difference in that in the way that people perceive it. Obviously, the physical is the same shit, right? That's girls getting fucked, guys getting fucked, whatever it's right. But I think what Mario's trying to say is like the equality of things as far as like the actual action goes, right? Because right. for me, like I didn't really, you know, going to that where she explained that she was going for a basically ex's birthday. Like I didn't really have the same, like none of my exes were around, you know? But she had known that. Like, I had fooled around with people at the, not at my events. I would never do that. <laughs> but, like. What events? So, you know, I throw nightlife events. You know what I mean? So, okay. like, a lot of hip-hop stuff. Like, a lot of uh, DJs. A lot of, you know, just being the guy to put everything together with my partner, Donovan. And, uh, you know, when you're that person who brings a lot of people together, you get a lot of attention. And it's not attention when it's like, oh, she wants to fuck you. But it's more like attention, like. Hey, how you been? Like, I want to catch up with you, grab a drink, let's talk, you know? And being a person in nightlife and you drink a lot, there is, like, a negative stigma. Like, you might do something. So that was hard for her to get over. And that's when I realized, like, okay, you know, we're not really on the same page. And that's what made it difficult for me. But I'm assuming in your case, because it seems like you guys have a very healthy relationship and that the fact that you're able to speak on this that she doesn't really pay too much mind to the fact that you've maybe made songs to a person that, you know, stemmed for like four years because the songs that you have with her are actually positive versus right. like a negative thing. Right. <laughs> and and that's that's awesome. Like, I don't know <laughs> a better, like, green flag than the fact that you're willing to really talk positively about your significant other than, than just shit talk. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. All right, so... I know that you mentioned that you made a happy song with your girl. And uh, that happened to be one of the songs or pieces of content that you were unhappy about the result with. Because you were saying that, man, like I thought it would get more hits. I thought it would be better than fourth. It should be first. As an artist, do you feel like because you've made so much sad music that you're pigeonholed into a certain type of like song or a certain type of tone when it comes to your songs? Um, so yeah. So, um, I made a song with an artist called futuristic. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys know who he is, but, uh, I made a song with him called too many days and it is so hard. Like for sure it would get any place popping. Like it is just super dope. Uh, and ended up being the worst music video I put out in the last, Two years. Oh, shit. Wow. But it is dope. Like, yeah. if you played it, you'd be like, yo, this shit is hard. But I did pigeonhole myself into this lane of being this uh, artist that creates sad, uplifting, or sad music, sometimes uplifting, whatever. Mm. But I'm not mad at it, you know? Like, yeah. I, 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 I kind of didn't want to put out that song that I did with him. 
but I did it to test the waters and uh, I was right. It didn't do as well as I thought it would. Wow. So I'm kind of, uh, I, I kind of make sure that I don't put out songs like that too often. Yeah, I'm not a musician, but I have noticed that kind of tendency with like followers or audiences where you switch it up and people are like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> this is not what I subscribe to. This yeah. is not what I've been listening to. But for me, in hindsight, a lot of those artists that did switch their lane, like I've I've stayed a fan of just because I actually like their music and not just like what they represent at the time. Lincoln Park is like a like a big one, you know. When they changed their when they changed their sound, I was like, "Huh, this is different." And it took me a while to get accustomed to, right? But then yeah. after a while of listening to it, I was like, I "Actually, do like all their shit, like regardless if it doesn't sound like their old shit." Do you feel like that kind of stifles your progression as an artist? Because now you mentioned, like, I try not to put out too much of that shit, but I'm sure you as artists, you just want to present what you feel at the time, you know, instead of like, hey, I got to follow this blueprint or this this kind of like ideology of what I'm supposed to be. I mean, I don't mind putting out sad music. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Uh, if it does well, it does well. If it doesn't, I'll probably never do it again. Uh, wow. And if they want it again, then they're gonna have to blow the that song up. But like, if it if it doesn't do well, I probably won't ever do that style ever again. Wow, you know, which I'm like, I'm cool with though. Yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, I like making sad sad music anyway. I did yeah. this as an experiment. Uh, I like making sad music that makes people cry and make people mm-hmm. feel some type of way. But if I put out a um, a single that's supposed to get people jumping and shit. I mm-hmm. understand why they don't like it. And I'm cool with it. Oh, wow. That's Do you have to be cool sad to make sad music? No. I'm usually mm. happy, uh, buzzed while I'm writing these. <laughs> and I'm happy. Yeah, it's been a while since I wrote a sad song in a sad place. I usually have to stem from a sad place to write these sad songs. So what does that mean for your future? Because I assume, you know, you're only going to get happier your relationship's going to get deeper, your success better, more and more, like you're going to be in a happier place. Yeah. Will you still be able to like reach out and like make that kind of sad music? Because it feels like you've grown. Like that was the whole purpose of the albums too. Yeah. Like you've yeah. grown, you're happier, you're more you than ever. Will your music change? Yeah. Um, I probably have to adapt. Mm. Uh, but uh, right now I'm still making... Uh, like for the last song that I did, which was about my girlfriend, it was sad and positive at the same time, mm. which I think I still have to keep that good balance of sad and positive. I was this sad guy, but I brought it to a positive state type of thing. Mm. It like, sounds like you're transitioning like little by little versus like going straight into just like the happy shit, right? Because you think about like someone like Taylor Swift, she's like, I got to find a new boyfriend. I need new material. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was just, I would just, uh, thinking about that right now. So it's like, if we were to break up, I would go back into that place of mm-hmm. making the music that people really like. Wow, the content off of that would be amazing. It would. Because the would. heartbreak would just be so crazy. It, like, would, be, it would be insane. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> it would be insane, you know? But like, I'm willing to do that because 
And that's usually why I like breakups because yeah, me they too. they bring out good they shit. Do. In us, bro, they bring Dude, out good shit. Every single time I've gotten my heart broken, I always become a better man. Like I every single shit. time I'm like I push myself to like become better in like so many aspects of my life. At a certain point, I was like, just break up with me. Like I, I need to get better. That's it, bro. That's um. it. That's it. Like I need to get better. <laughs> <laughs> it's so real, dude. I love it. I love it. Oh damn. I love it, bro. I don't know, but I do feel I I do feel breakups do bring you to a certain place, but. I'm happy where I am now, but until that thing comes, I will make sort of happy music. But mm. if we ever were to break up, we about to go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Your family. <laughs> we about to go crazy. I'm about to make the best breakup songs of my life. Damn, that's, that's it. You know, on the opposite of that, just shows how much she cares about you. Right? True, so, true. Yeah. Is there is there much. a name for your fan base? Is it just broken people or broken people? That's okay, it. I yeah. just imagine there's like two camps, like you know, broken people and then the broken up people, like hoping for you to break up. No, nah, so bro. you make so you make sad music again. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole goal of broken people is to grow, right? So it's like we are broken people. I think everybody, you've gone through pain. Mm-hmm. You've gone through pain. We have gone through pain. Uh, I think it's to come out the other side, a better person, to grow, to to mm-hmm. to make your past pain become your power is the whole point of this broken people thing. So I think it fits into everybody. Ooh, I like that. Mm, you know, yeah, your past pain, make your past pain into power. That's solid. <laughs> <laughs> What's the origins? How did it start? I met someone at Fourth Street Market that. Uh, she had she had a, a story that was similar to mine where her mom was an addict and she sort of wanted to become a better person and uh, help her family out and this and that. And uh, it was my first time meeting someone who had a similar story to mine. And I was like, okay, so I'm not the only person out there going through this. Uh, so I made a, a song about her. I, I met her that one time. We never kissed, never did anything. I just met her that one time and just made the song about her called Broken People. And uh, after that, I was like, Broken People would be a great mm. name for a group of people who are trying to better themselves, who have gone through pain and shit like that. And it just sort of took off from there. You know, like it was just like, that's a that's such a dope name. Yeah. You know, and then you see other artists uh, steal that name a little bit. I won't <laughs> mention their name, but... Who? But... Uh, you know, it it uh it did something to to people, and uh, it continues to do something to people. So, I hope it continues to uplift them and help them somehow. You know, mm. what what are some personal stories you've heard from like other broken people that you feel have been like the strongest Fuck. that have affected you? Um, there was a story on tour, Rocky. What was the story I I kept telling on tour? Got it. Okay, wow. so. In case that wasn't, you guys didn't hear that. So <laughs> we'll edit it. I was on tour <laughs> and uh, I, there was this song called The Flames that I did. Oh yeah, I like that one. And that uh, it inspired some girl who was in a very abusive relationship for 12 years or some shit, I believe. And she heard that song and it inspired her to break up out of that relationship. Mm. Finally, right? And then... Uh, get into real estate and then got her first home. And I'm like, fuck, I was a part of her story. She awesome. will remember me forever. Yeah. Because I was able to get her out of that dark place, you know, and, uh, and rise like a Phoenix. And rise like a Phoenix. <laughs> this motherfucking <laughs> knows goddamn. You know what I 
doing research. Let's go. I thought he said rise like a penis. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Sir. Yo, come <laughs> on, bro. This is a family podcast. <laughs> are there are there any any fan stories that you know you want to highlight? Any of them that you know have over the years who have like, you know, reached out to you and like told you like, hey dude, this is what happened to me and like thank you. There is one girl, Belen. I know she'll probably be watching this. She has my fate, my whole face tatted on her. What? Oh, wow. Whoa. Bruh, that's crazy. My whole face, bruh. Like, Does it look cute or? I mean, it's, a, I mean, no, no. So like, like I look great. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> good artist thing. Good artist. No, no, no. So her artist is fantastic. And uh, uh, she has my face on her. And I'm like, like, like. Fuck! Like I wouldn't even get my face. Like why would you do that? <laughs> that hey, you, be, you better get his face on. You better get his face on you. <laughs> you better get my fucking face. I swear <laughs> to God. It has to be a back tat though. Like, <laughs> looking back, <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say it. No, yeah, yeah, go. Yeah. Sorry, keep going. Uh, but she's great, and uh, she has my face tatted on her, and uh, and she just said like you know it got her out of some dark places and this and that, that you know. And fans do have my logo tatted, my name tatted, my signature tatted, and I'm like. You know, like mm. it has to mean something. Dude, you know, I, that's, it's, it's, that's, it's shout so, out to Bella and the Broken People. Belen, yeah. you're amazing. That should be one of our goals to have like someone tattoo, live fast, eat ass on them. You oh, know? yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I will do that tomorrow. Damn. <laughs> because I do live fast and I do. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to that, I'm kind of curious about your tour because as a person who curates events also, I've never done a tour because usually we travel just around OC or LA. So it's not very far. But um, I know, I don't know if you get the same feeling. Was that tour your first tour? That was my Rocky? first uh, legit tour. Like okay. I've done tours I booked myself that went half ass. Mm-hmm. But like this is my first like legit tour. Okay. So legit, yeah. I'm just going to kind of go into my own thought process whenever I do events. If. We're not doing an event that's because most of our events, the way it works is it's free till a certain time, and then tickets after, right? Or you pay at the door. So when you don't get all the ticket sales up front or before the show, I get this feeling of uncertainty like, oh, fuck, what if this shit bombs? You know? Yeah. And that's just one night. Like you going on tour, like multiple locations, different states, right? Different kind of people. Like, how did you guys handle that to know, you know, the logistics and if this event's going to be good or not? Yeah. Or did you just go into a blindside, like, let's pray for the fucking best? So we put out the announcement for mm-hmm. the tour, right? And um, we put it out, I think, in August of last year. And uh, I think within 30 days of doing it, I was like, I want to cancel. Wow. And I wanted to cancel just because I'm so unsure of myself and just like, you know what? I don't think I can do this, right? And then my mom fucking puts up the tour shirt, hangs it up on her wall, and she's like, Mijo, I got this done because you're doing this tour. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, so I definitely can't stop this now, <laughs> right? Yeah. Can't <laughs> mom. <laughs> like, mom, like, I love, like, she, she's the best. You know, obviously, she pushes me without even knowing it. But I would not have done this tour if it wasn't for her putting up that shirt on that wall. Wow. Because, it, bro, bro, like, it's it's so unsure. It's like, mm-hmm. I probably will lose money on this tour. You know, I've never done a tour in my life. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how it's going to go. Uh, the first show, horrible. 
I will never do a show in Oakland again. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oakland. I will never do a show in Oakland again. Um, but the next day, the show was fucking amazing. Rocky can attest to that. Fucking Sacramento was amazing. Oh, wow. You know? And it's like, it's really taking a risk on like, on, on an ego thing, on an ego thing, right? So it's like, some shows will do well. Some shows will do bad, mm-hmm. you know? But it, it's it's like- you know, like yeah. it is what it is. Uh, and me being the headliner, it's like, if it does bad, I have to deal with it. Like no one else has to deal with it. Yeah. I have to fucking deal with it. Right. Um, but it's something that I'm like, you know what? This is, this is what I dreamed of since, since I was a kid. If, if it goes bad, it is what it is. I know that later on in life when I'm fucking selling out a shit ton, mm-hmm. I'm going to look back on this and like miss it. Yeah. You know, or like some shit, you know, so I I, you. I'm going to yeah. miss being with the homies and like being like, yo, man, remember when we used to sell out like little venues and like we didn't pack out anything and this mm-hmm. and that, you know. Um, and then we did L.A. and that shit was fucking crazy. Like that was the most packed show I've ever done in my life. Oh, nice. Which I wasn't expecting. I was like, this shit's going to do bad. How many people were we talking like? I don't know. It was like 250 capacity. Okay. Yeah. Right. But 250 to me is like. You can bring 250 people anywhere. That's crazy, right? Mm -hmm. So we sold out of that very fast. And it was packed, wall to wall. And uh, and it worked. Uh, And even though some shows did did not do that, it gave me the confidence to be like, you know, it's just going to keep going bigger and bigger. And even if the other shows didn't do as well, uh, just just keep pushing, man. You know, like, Mm -hmm. fuck it. Like, some shows would do well. Some shows would do bad. You know, you grind it through like every musician does, and uh, you just keep pushing. Yeah, it's cool to hear from that, your experience, you know, as, like, the headliner. Because my experience is as the event coordinator, you know? Mm. So, yeah. kind of same thing. Like, it kind of falls on me, right? Like, who's going to take a loss? I am going to take the loss if it doesn't pan out. And it goes back to, like, you know, uh, I want to talk about this earlier, where it feels weird because... We're in day and age where everything is like quantified. Like there's a fucking number, right? There's a fucking metric. Like, oh, 250 people, 400, 500 people. And that's where you kind of like, you know, or a thousand views, a million views, you know, like 30,000 views in four days. That's kind of like where you pinpoint your success to. But, you know, and maybe this is just me. Like I've noticed that some of my best times doing these events are not really with the biggest numbers. Like, it's it's nice. Don't get me fucking wrong. If the line's wrapped around the building, it feels fucking great. But when people are really there for you and what you built, and, you know, they're not really there for me. Like, some people are there for me, but but it's 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 the music that we curate together, you know, the, the lineup, the artists. Like, it feels amazing because i rather have, like, 100 really true diehard fans, diehard yeah, fans for sure, bro. and a thousand for sure. people who don't really fucking know me yep. as like um or what i do or what i've built like who's just there just because they're there yep. you know and yep. uh hearing you talk about that the one girl who got that tattoo because it's just one person but in the same way that she's always gonna remember you because she could just look over her shoulder <laughs> <laughs> literally like you're probably never gonna forget her right. you know so I think that's super tight for you to go back on that and kind of elaborate on those experiences of yours because it shows how far you've gone as artists because 
I'm pretty sure she's probably not gonna be the last one to get her face tattoo on you. The second one being right, right there. there. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just you kidding. better get my fucking face else. tatted. I swear to God. <laughs> Under, <laughs> underneath the titty. Let's right now. <laughs> <laughs> be like. <laughs> That's tight, dude. Because like, damn, dude, you've really grown as a fucking person, oh, especially good. in tour. You probably grew hella fast going through ups and downs. That's it. Sounds like a roller coaster, right? Bro, tour was best time of my life, man. And uh, I loved having Rocky on it. I thought oh, he was gonna kiss. Uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, going with the homies and shit, and just like figuring this out, and it's just like, man, it's such a, it's such a nice thing. You know, and then at the end, it being so like big and dope is just like, man, this this is this is really what we're coming what we're coming to, you know, yeah. because the other ones were like small here and there. Sometimes you had this amount, sometimes you had a smaller amount, and then da, da, yeah. da, but then L.A. would just like pop in, you know. Um, it's a, it's a nice feeling, man. You know, yeah. especially to do it with the homies. I think if there's any lessons to be learned from that, it would be that if you analyze your life in pieces, like small pieces. Some days it's gonna look fucking terrible because that's that's all you're looking at, right? But if you look at the bigger picture and what you're there to do, like it's I see ain't it, that bad. Sometimes it's actually beautiful to so. to help people, to touch people. You know, um, <clears throat> we have a tour coming up soon, which I can't say too much about. But um, I don't know how it's gonna do. I don't know what we're gonna do, what numbers we're gonna do. But you know, I hope to. Uh, Impact and touch some people's hearts. You know, let's just, get it, man. Man, let's yeah. get it. Let's sold out tours, baby. Jeez. You mentioned your mom and everything, and I just want to ask, like, has she, has your music helped her with like the the substance abuse and everything? Like, uh, so she, so she's been sober for fifteen years, I think. Oh, I love that. Um, nice. you know. I mean, she drinks, like, beer here and there. That's like, right. that doesn't yeah, count yeah, as yeah. to what the shit, like, she's done, yeah, you yeah. know? Um, but, but, you know, she definitely does look up to me. She's like, you helped me, like, overcome this. and <laughs> Nice, dude. And uh, see, it brought a future in this and that, you know? And I have goals for her, you know? I I hope to buy her a house someday and nice. do some cool shit like that, you know? That's what's uh, that, man. That's good shit. I, I, th- I think we'll do more for others than we will ourselves, so... Mm. You know, like, you probably do more for your mom than you will for yourself. Oh, yeah. You know, and you as well, yeah. which is why I've done the tour. I, I only did it for her. Like, otherwise, nice. I would have canceled. True, no, true, and that, yeah. that's why I asked, because I'm like, you, you know. said that, and, like, your mom's so proud of you. And, like, she sees it, and, like, yeah. sometimes it's, like, the things we do for our parents, because they took care of us when we were younger, mm-hmm. or you want to give back, you know, it's this family. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this because I want to I wanna yeah. make you happy. I want to make you proud. I want to give back to you for everything yeah, you've done bro. for me. And I don't know what your live or your parent situation is. Your parents love you? Yeah, yeah, they they do. And uh <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> this guy, this guy gets, it's it's a weird it's a weird relationship. It's weird. Yeah, it's not that black and white, I guess. You Peter's like, dealt with his uh share of like, you know, okay. abuse and everything yeah, yeah, too in his I relationship. Guess, so it's like, yeah. Like I my parents, I think the hardest part for me to accept is like, you know, we get older and by a certain age, like I don't really Think too much about age, but I do when it comes to my family, you know, <clears throat> because like time is limited, right? Like I'm just thinking about my pops or I'm like, bro, you're getting a little bit older. Mm-hmm. You know, your health is not quite where <clears throat> it needs to be or should be. And I'm like, damn, like I haven't achieved the level of success to like buy them a home. You know what I mean? Or like make sure you don't worry about your bills and you don't have to come into work. 
And just to put it in some kind of context, my dad is a construction worker. He owns his own business, but has gone through a lot of like financial troubles. Yeah, same, bro, with my stepdad. Yeah, same yeah. Thing. Same, okay. same, same yeah. thing. Same and thing. it gets to the point where I'm like, this is one of the things I realized was as a construction worker, someone in the labor force, he got sick for a little bit and he couldn't work, you know? And it's a lot of money. Pro- yeah, a lot of money, couldn't provide. And he doesn't have any kind of retirement because, you know, we're first gen. Like, he doesn't know anything about financial literacy. So, to me, I was like, damn, dude, like, I got to do a lot because, you know, worst comes to worst. Like, he's not around and what happens to the family, you know? And, you know, I feel like he recently had an episode of depression and he just basically couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, he couldn't. Mm. Like, how am I going to get out of this? What am I going to do? You know, and... I think that's why, because he has like a gambling problem, and that's why I think he resorts to gambling. Like, this could be my big break, right? Because me doing jobs day by day is not getting me there. And right now, I don't know what else to resort to. And that's tough, you know what I mean? Because like, just like how they want to give you the best life that you could possibly have, like you want to do the same. Yeah. And you know, in that sense, I don't know if I'll ever provide that, but. I'm not saying that's a reality I'm willing to accept. I'm I'm gonna work towards it, but that's that's a reality that I I can't see. You know whether it's true or not. Well, you know time will tell. But it is uh it's tough. I love that, bro. Thank you, bro. Oh, that was so good. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. That was so good. And that was your dad, right? Now yeah. your stepdad no. is yeah, my dad, your dad. My dad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My yeah. stepdad is kind of the same way. Where mm-hmm. it's like I kind of hope to provide for them, yeah. and like they kind of go into that thing. But that's really nice, man. And I definitely hope you uh, are able to achieve what you want to, so that you can provide for them. Hey, bro. A lot Thanks. of a lot of the likewise. A lot of the people we have like on this show, like it, like I said, like we learn about them, and we're learning about ourselves at the same time too. Yeah. Where it's like we've had a few people hit us up about the person we're seeing this week, Jay Taj, who talked about his dad. Yeah. Passed away twelve years ago, and it was so impactful for him. And we've had multiple people be like, "I feel this so much. Like I'm gonna go hang out with my family this week. You know, like mm-hmm. I." I realized that, like, just bringing up these topics, just talking about it, bringing, like, awareness to it, like, yeah, like, I want to provide for, like, my family. I want to do this for, like, the people taking care of me. Like, people resonate with that and be like, damn, I need to I need to do the same. I need to, like, you know, spend the time I still have with them while I still have it. So, I, dude, I, I love doing this. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's the fucking best. Hey, guys, welcome back to Lightning Round, where we ask our guests some rapid-fire questions. Gremlin, are you ready? I think so. Three, two... One. Uh, when's the last time you cried? Drink. Two months. <laughs> <laughs> Two months. Two months? Okay. Probably. Uh, when's the last time you were the most happy? Today. Ooh, okay. Nice. Uh, what's your favorite food? Pizza. Pizza? Okay. Only because my girlfriend likes pizza. And oh, like, okay. That's it. And like, she got me into it. You nice. weren't into pizza? No. Oh. I don't like being a fat ass, so. Oh. Mm. That's why you're like, oh, no beer, no beer. I don't want the carbs. No, I don't want the carbs. I don't want none of that. Luckily, she orders she orders a uh, thin crust uh, pizza, so like I'm good. Oh, what's, what's this guy gets? Yeah, yeah, that's because you're fat. It. That's it. That's it. Hey, that's you it. Know, what's yeah. your favorite pizza? Uh, mushroom and sausage. Okay. When did you lose your virginity? Fuck, eighteen. When was your first kiss? Four. Four. What? Daycare, what? bro. I kissed her to sleep. What? what? Wait, what? Yeah, like, like you know how like some guys like you know, like we had like bedtime. Yeah. 
I kiss her just like I gave her a kiss on the forehead and went to sleep. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Oh, dang, so wow, I've really? been a nice guy since I can remember, bro. Like, I don't know. <laughs> 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 I swear to God, I'm not even lying, bro. Yeah. I gave her good night. That's it. Aww. Oh, wow. And that bitch went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> what inspired the name Gremlin? Uh, my mom, because she couldn't think of a better name. And then I watched the movie and it was fucking horrible. But it's too late to change it now. So that's it. <laughs> Who inspires you the most? Uh, Tony Robbins. Oh, that's yeah. the only thing I can work with. Shout right out now. the giant. If you could work with any artist, who would you work with? Eminem. Mm. Oh, the goat. Favorite Taylor Swift song. Ooh. Ooh uh, He's so excited. Song? What's that song? What's the song? What's the song? Uh, the one I always like play loud. No, no. Uh, <laughs> hold on. 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 Yeah. You know what? Okay, look. Here, here's the thing. I don't like Taylor Swift, but her last album, I don't give a fuck what anybody says, was fucking phenomenal. Romeo Midnight was fucking phenomenal. So Antihero was amazing. Mm. Her whole last album, Rocky, listen to it tonight. Get inspired, bro. <laughs> yeah. Taylor Swift sounds lame, yeah. right? But like, no, it's so it the fuck her her last album is so good, bro. Yeah, so uh-huh. good. I'm gonna listen to some Taylor Swift tonight. Yeah. Bro, it's so good, bro. It's so good. But anti anti hero is so good, so good. Damn. Do you have a fetish? <laughs> I really don't. Wow. I really don't. What's the what's you don't like feet? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't. What's the weirdest thing about you? I got the coolest butt chicks in the world. Hey, what? there's the fetish. She shook her head. <laughs> That's her fetish. That's her fetish. Hey, we're actually rated our podcast. If you want to show them, go ahead. Oh, okay, cool. All right, for sure. She always says I, I have the coolest butt chicks in the world, so I'm just gonna stick wow. with that. All right. They're doughy like bread. What's uh what's red flags? You don't <laughs> what's some red... <laughs> what's some red flags you don't fuck with? Like uh, talking to exes, um, mm. uh, having more than 10 partners, mm. uh, maybe even eight. You know what? Five. I'll, you know what? I'll just fucking leave. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And my last question. What is one goal that you have for this year? A million dollars in my, in my bank account. Let's go, hey. baby. Let's go. Hey. That's it. Hey. Let's get it, baby. Yeah. All right. My turn. Oh right. shit! Yeah, two yes. rounds. Oh my round. god! Yep. Okay, gotta be quick on your feet. All, All right. right, let's go. If you weren't making sad music, you would be making glad music. Mm, okay, <laughs> don't fair. get sad. Yeah. Get glad. If you weren't a rapper, you would be. I gotta take a drink. Yeah, yeah. Damn, that's kind of good in a way, right? It's like that's ride or die. That's all I got. Oh, you still got an answer, by the way. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For real? Uh. <laughs> I'd be working probably in EMS. EMS is emergency emergency services. Okay, oh. got it, got it. Okay. One thing you would tell young Gremlin. Uh, dump her. You're gonna have a hot a hotter girlfriend later. Mm, okay. <laughs> Damn, some brownie <laughs> points right there. Oh, if God. you had one place you could travel to this year, where would it be? Uh, Greece. Uh, where's that one place where the place is all white? Oh, I know what you're talking about it. Everyone posts everyone post that one. Like, oh, yeah, Mykonos, huh? Mykonos or something? Yeah, that one. Mykonos. Mykonos. Yeah, Mykonos. Yeah. Uh, yeah there Sorry I would go. Yeah. That shit looks crazy, bro. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 li- I like to travel a lot in Mexico, mm-hmm. but to there would be fucking fantastic. Like, oh, that would be nice. great. Mm. Or uh, Vietnam. 
Oh, yeah, damn. Yeah. Uh, okay, tight, tight. Apparently. Right? You got to go, bro. You, say, you got to go. I'm telling you, you right so now. I'm vouching I'm going to give it a shot. Put my name on the line. Let's go. All right. Send him your Rex. <laughs> Imagine this. You go on the biggest tour of your life. Where would you end it? Los Angeles. Damn. Bring it back. Beautiful place. Nice. Not really, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and my final question. Final question. What is your favorite sad song that is not yours? Uh, Dean Lewis, um, Half a Man. Mm. Does anybody know that? That sounds familiar. That sounds hella familiar. Dean Lewis, Half a Man. So well, everybody go home and listen to that and cry yourself to sleep. Like, that shit is beautiful. I got one final question. If you could change anything about your girlfriend, what would it be? One thing I could change about my girlfriend. Um... She has some big feet. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I was like, damn. God damn. That shit's so what are those? I really can't think of anything. She's perfect. I won't change anything. She's perfect. I won't change anything. Yeah. I love the answer. All right, guys. That concludes our lightning round. I want to say a thank you to our very... Fun guest, Gremlin. It was a great time, bro. Thank Let you us know me. where we can find you. Gremlin raps everywhere. Uh, luckily, I came in early, so Gremlin raps. Thank you for our guest for being so inspirational and just telling his story and sharing like his thought process to breaking through as artists. Appreciate it, Hella. Oh, man. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, like, and comment below what you guys want us to talk about next. And remember, live, live fast, eat ass. ass.